Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, friends and listeners. Host Stephen Brittingham here. Bill Duke visits the show to share some of his memories of filming his memorable film, A Rage in Harlem, a film that opens up in the backwoods of Mississippi in 1956 and takes you all the way to the streets of Harlem. Enjoy the show. Harlem arrived to cinemas with the talented Bill Duke at the helm as director. He led an all-star cast that included Forrest Whitaker, Gregory Hines, Baja Jola, and Robin Givens. When a trunkload of gold is taken from Mississippi to the streets of Harlem, all hell breaks loose. After doing theater and continuing my training as an actor, A Rage in Harlem was my first film experience. I went from a stand-in during the opening gritty segment of the movie to being offered to appear in a few scenes in the film. Today, Mr. Bill Duke shares some of his memories of the film And I also share a few of my own as well. And now, let's remember more about what A Rage in Harlem was all about. And then, I will be welcoming Mr. Bill Duke to Hollywood and Beyond. I put a spell on you. On Jason. Because of mine. That's my toe, Jackson. I'm sorry, I told you, I, I don't know how to dance. Stop, baby. It's easy, just uh, wrap your arms around me. And squeeze. Yeah! I know what it is. That's his cousin. Uh-uh. No, Then that's... Mr. Clay's in on this. That's his wife's sister's daughter. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I do not know who that woman is. But, uh... <laughs> in New York City, somewhere above 125th Street, something big is going down. It's gold in Harlem. 
The squarest guy in town. I'll have a milk, please. The coolest guy around. Give me your money! I don't think I would cut you, Reverend! Have mercy, son. And a very dangerous woman. Excuse me, but uh, do we know you? Not in this lifetime. Oh! In one outrageous night, they're going to turn the town upside down and start a rage in Harlem. Forrest Whitaker. You a virgin, Jackson? I don't know. Make me call him a Gregory Hines. You get the woman, I get the call. Woman, go. Robin Givens. Will you marry me? Maybe we should just try this out, you know? Like, for the weekend, huh? And Danny Glover. I do believe you and I will cut out to do business together. Yeah, baby. A rage in Harlem. See it. Or they'll shoot the dog. Just don't let me see you shoot no dogs. That's where I draw the line. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, friends and listeners. This is your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to a very special episode focusing on the filming of A Rage in Harlem and the man behind the film, Mr. Bill Duke. This 1991 motion picture featured a stellar cast, including Forrest Whitaker, Robin Givens, Gregory Hines, and Danny Glover. Not to mention a remarkable supporting cast who all brought so many colorful characters to life on the big screen. As mentioned during the opening segment, this was my first experience on a film set, and it was a wonderful experience, having primarily done theater and some television beforehand. Mr. Duke is an incredible artist, actor, writer, producer, and of course, director. Just looking over his credits, both in front and behind the camera, makes one thing perfectly clear. This is a man who has worked very hard to achieve all that he has over the years. His contributions to the industry are enormous. Mr. Bill Duke, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond, sir. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my honor and pleasure. Thank you so much. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Well, it's been a few years since uh, we've spoken to each other. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to learn more about the making of A Rage in Harlem. Uh, I thought before we would discuss that, uh, where are you from and why did you decide to become an actor and a director? Well, I'm from a small town upstate New York called Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, It's it's right between uh, New York City and Albany, the capital. Uh, And uh, Constance Kewen, who is... um, my uh she was the speech and drama teacher i took that class and uh, she wanted to do the emperor jones by eugene o'neill and she put me in the lead role i felt something you know when i did the acting i never even thought about being an actor but she was responsible for giving me the bug and then i went to um got a scholarship to bu i met lord richards there who was one of the first black directors on broadway with raising in the sun I followed him to, uh, he became the head of a drama at the New York Film Academy. 
no, no, NYU School of the Arts. And, uh, and he became my mentor. And then uh, he needed an assistant. He was directing a film called Gold Watch for um, PBS. He, I became his assistant, and he told me to stay. Because he thought it was something I had that should be in Hollywood. So and that's how I mean, he's responsible for it to a great extent. Well, thank you for sh- sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. And the rest, as they say, is history. But I know it took an awful lot of commitment and hard work on your part. So congratulations on such an impressive career. Thank you so much. Well, you are most welcome. Now, Mr. Duke, this movie, I'll tell you, it has so many layers to it. A Rage in Harlem. Love that title, too. And such a stellar cast, like I mentioned previously. I'm wondering, though, how did all of this begin for you? How did the idea first present itself to you? Well, you know, the uh, studio came to me, and and um, I liked the script a lot. And we worked on the script. And then the major thing was to try to get the cast that we really wanted, you know, to be a part of it. Um, and... Uh, once um, I talked to Gregory Hines, who was at the peak of his career at that time, the Hines brothers, on Broadway and on screen, etc. Everybody, Forrest Whitaker and other folks, Danny Glover, then said, hey, if Gregory's involved and Forrest involved and Robin Givens. And so it, all, it really became a collaborative experience. And that's what I loved about it. We had a great time. We were in Cincinnati filming sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As you know, all day, all, all day and night. Yes, sir. Uh, but, but we really loved the film. We loved what we were doing. And um, some great talent and a good script that you can't ask for anymore, you know? No doubt about it. Well, I have to tell you, Mr. Duke, one of the things that impresses me about a rage in a Harlem why I enjoy it so much is that it has such incredible atmosphere and, and multi-layers. Mm-hmm. I don't think of the film as only comedy, mm-hmm. and I also don't think of it as only action. Uh, so to me, that mixture is, is very appealing, and I loved how you presented mm-hmm. all of that as a director. But I'm wondering, does it take a lot of preparation on your part to really have those thoughts in your mind? Like, I'm going to make this kind of film in advance. Is that how you operate, or do you kind of go with the flow as you're filming? No, I'm a I'm a detail freak. So the writer the writer and I sit down and we go over the script over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, once the writer says, "Okay, I'm satisfied," and I say, "I'm satisfied," okay, then um, I work with the staff and crew, and I go to locations and two uh, sometimes close to two weeks, well, ten days at least before uh, we start shooting. Uh, I block, I, I go to every location. I blocked out every scene, every shot, uh, because basically people don't understand it's a business and part of directing is management. And you're managing three things, time, people, and money. You can you have great ideas, but if you can't manage time, people, and money, you're not going to work. So I plan ahead. You plan ahead and it certainly shows. Now, Mr. Duke, I was actually a stand in for the film before becoming a background participant. And guess what scene that was for? It was the scene in the the opening moments of the film, uh, in the cabin in the woods. And as you know, that scene sets the tone for the rest of the film. 
Uh, and I wanted to say to you, uh, I noticed that you didn't pull any punches when it came to moments of violence, and it became quickly clear that you had a certain vision in mind. And I just wanted to really commend you that just how noticeable that was when one views the film, the decisions you made, not to mention biting humor as well. But I wanted to ask you, did you consciously make a decision that when you had violence in the film, you wanted it to have a certain feel to it? Yes. You know, I wanted the audience not only to see it, but to feel it and to understand, you know, you know, filmmaking is difficult. Um, and, you know, it's like you really want the people that are watching the film to not just see it, but have an experience. And so, you know, the way you shoot it, but also what the, what the scene is about and the collaboration with the writer and the actors in the final analysis uh, you want that to be revealed in a way that it's impacting on the audience. And that's what I try to do. Mr. Duke, as you well know, throughout your career, sometimes there's a lady, a leading lady in a film that has quite a, an entrance, right? Perhaps uh, she's just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wearing a certain type of outfit or she's portraying a certain type of character and it just really stands out. Well, I have to tell you, Robin Givens certainly stood out uh, when she uh, first appears on the screen and you know what? Her screen presence remains that way for the entire film. And I just have to say, I found her performance so good because eventually you see other sides to her. And I just wanted to ask you, what was it like directing and working with Robin for this character? Well, first, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman, but a brilliant, brilliant, talented actress. And I, and I think she's underrated. I, I wish that she got more recognition for who she is and her talent, but that's Hollywood. But I, I, I just, I just really, really, really enjoyed working with her and respect her to this day. She's very, very talented. And she made a lot of good decisions in her scenes. Wouldn't you say Mr. Duke? Yes. Yes. She's a good collaborator. Good collaborator. She's a good collaborator too. That, that stood out in my mind. And of course, working with Gregory Hines, I would love to hear your thoughts on that whole experience. Gregory Hines was a hero of mine, the Hines brothers. They, they, you know, they revolutionized Broadway, being black men who were at the top of their game. One day I was on set and Gregory Hines shocked me. Um, he said, Bill, I got to talk to you. I said, I, I said, what's going on? Karen, come here, I got to talk to you. And I went over, and it was on this bench off stage, was sitting Sammy Davis Jr. And I never, I never thought I'd meet Sammy Davis Jr., but sitting down and talking to the two of them was a peak moment in my life. Wow, that's, that's an unforgettable moment, isn't it? That's something that can stay with you for always. That's right. Mr. Duke, I'll just briefly share something with you. At the train station, right near the conclusion of the film, as Jackson's about to get on the train mm -hmm. and, and Gregory has that money in his hand, he's like, look at this, money, money, money. <laughs> look at this, ladies. Well, in mm -hmm. between takes, I went up to him and I just said it was such an honor to meet him. And I told him how much I enjoyed his performance in White Nights. And Mr. Duke, I, I'm so excited mm -hmm. to share with you. He got teary-eyed, he hugged me, and he said, you'll never know how much that means to me. Wow. And I just wanted to share that moment with you. It's, it's something I've never forgotten.
he was a great, humble human being. Talented, brilliant, humble, and just a great person. Well, Mr. Duke, as you know, screen presence is just one of those amazing qualities an actor can have. Uh, there is an, a mm-hmm. character, you may be guessing who I'm about to bring up. Uh, this gentleman, during the film, I, I just can't take my eyes off him. Of course, he is playing, quote-unquote, maybe a villainous character. But man, there's just something about that screen presence. And I wanted to ask you about... Baja Jola. All right. Well, what what would you like to say about working with him? He he was he was he was, he was a genius. Well, you know, you know, I hate the word acting because actors, the great actors, don't act. They become their be they they their being. And Baja Jola, when he came to the set and was in a role, he wasn't acting. He was being that human being that the author described. And it takes courage to do that. He wasn't just doing lying. He, was, he became that human being. And he died much too young, you know. And, um, but everybody who knew him, everybody who worked with him just talked about his brilliance, his commitment. He, he was just a great human being. Well, thank you for sharing that. And he made his uh, uh, quite an impression in penitentiary, along with Leon Isaac Kennedy, mm-hmm. many years before mm-hmm. him. But I wanted to mention his screen presence is just phenomenal when you watch the film. Excellent casting for the film. Well, Mr. Duke, I'm wondering, to get all the cars for a film like A Rage in Harlem, was that something that you were partially or fully responsible for, or, or did you have somebody else that oversaw making sure that went through? Well, you know, you do have the great crew that works with you, great staff members, you know, that have the ability to find those things for you. I mean, I have enough problems just directing the film and working with the writer and working with the actor and doing with the producers. I mean, if you don't have a crew of people around you that support you and really get what you need and believe in the film as much as you do, you know, you can't survive. No matter how good a director you are, if you don't have a great team, you can't survive. And was the entire film actually shot in Cincinnati or anything at all done in the studio? It was in Cincinnati. That's what I thought. All Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, uh, what was your, when you think back, uh, what was your experience being in the city for an extended period of time? Well, uh, you know, I got to know the city and the people. Um, you know, at the time, there wasn't a lot to do in Cincinnati. Uh, but... Um, some of my cast members can't go back ever because there's some beautiful women there and um, they are not allowed to go back, I guess. But Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some, some of the male cast members, uh, you know, we worked very hard, but on the weekends, they really partied. I hear you. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm just saying. You're just saying. I, I understand. Well, just so you know, I behaved, if that means anything. <laughs> okay, according to you. According, according, to, according you, to me. Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Duke, uh, <laughs> before I ask you uh, just a few more questions, I wanted to share something with you. And of course, I completely understand you may not recall this at all. It, it was a long time ago. But during an extended break, I accidentally stepped over your trailer. And I know it was yours because you opened the window shades to the sides. And there you were looking out at me. And I have to tell you. <laughs> 
I was I, 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 I nodded my head as an apology, but but that was a moment that stood with me. Well, okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and it was certainly uh, certainly an accident on on my part. And I have to tell you that moment with Greg Reese just is something I cherish so much. He was a great man. Well, Mr. Duke, I'm wondering, when you think back, was there any type of scene or scenes that was just extra challenging for you? You have a lot of scenes that are inside apartments or buildings or maybe smaller locations, and then a few that are more grand and larger. But was there any type of scene in the film that you found extra challenging as a filmmaker? Oh, yeah, that that scene when Robin Givens is running and the car chases her and we have to drag her in the car and... And we don't want to hurt the actress. And it, it, that was, we had a double that ran to us for a certain extent, but in the final analysis, we had to drag her in. And, you know, you have to be very careful. You have to be very, very specifically targeted in terms of how you do it and how you shoot it. Make sure the actress is not in danger. So we, had to, we went through all of that, that scene particularly. Yeah, that was a, a really good and well done scene. I recall that very well. And I mentioned the supporting actors, Mr. Duke. I, I just have to say how I'm, how impressed I am with maybe people who aren't household names, or maybe a few that, that maybe are. But my point is, I watched a film, it just seems like everybody is giving a little something extra. You know, whether it's that old landlord lady that has a few comments to make and or it's it's the two gentlemen mm-hmm. portraying the cops. And I don't know. I just have to say I was so impressed with that. Did you ever have a feeling that maybe you were uh, overseeing something that was going to turn out maybe extra special? Well, I don't know if I was extra special. I knew something that I was proud of doing and the actors I was working with. Gotcha. I was very fortunate to have some wonderful actors and that. That's something that I'll always be grateful for. Um, I mean, you know, the cast was wonderful. Um, a lot of them were away from home for months at a time. And so it's like, you know, people look at our business and somehow think it's fabulous, but they don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes to make it happen. And uh, work a lot is, of hard work. A lot of hard work, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, we shut their nights we shot all night. I was there for a few of them, and actually my last day there, Mr. Duke, and believe me, I'm not complaining, I remember that we had gone all night and into the early afternoon, and I had trouble staying awake driving home. I was that tired, (laughs) but I was also that happy. And before I ask you about Forrest Whitaker's performance as Jackson, if you'd like to say anything, I just have to uh, say to you that um, it was really an honor to have you be the director of my first on-set film experience. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And what was it like working with uh, Forrest? Well, Forrest is a brilliant actor. He gives a thousand percent, not a hundred. And the evolution of his character, you know, from this very shy, innocent person to this guy who, in the end, stands up to Baja, a person who's willing to fight and protect what he loves and cares for. Um, the evolution of that character was was something that's not easy to do. And he was willing to take it on, so I, I celebrate him for that. Oh, very well said. Thank you for sharing that. And this was filmed primarily in 1990. Was Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought, and then released in, in 91. 
Well, believe it or not, I was only 19 years old, Mr. Duke, during the Wow. Filming. Wow. Isn't that something else? <laughs> Great. Well, I wanted to ask you, what do you think the legacy of A Rage in Harlem is? What would you want people who see it today to walk away with as they finish watching your film? Uh, I, I, I love the fact that it was layered. It, 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 was a, it, was a drama, it was a dramedy. There was drama, but comedy and laughter. And, you know, um, I love that scene. <laughs> um, I forgot, uh, God, the two gentlemen, two comedians that were in the nightclub um, uh-huh. and watching the dance floor. You remember that one? Yes. Uh-huh. And their commentary on the people getting the beautiful women dancing. Yes. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. And I'll tell you that the humor is very relevant in your in that film. I mean, there's moments where I was like, "That is hysterical." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you know, there's drama. There's yes. humor. Yes. And and mixing those together is not easy. But I just love the way it came out. And um, there's some really good people you know, that helped me, helped me put it together. And Mr. Duke, I have to tell you, my final uh, moment here uh, discussing the film is that my last day on the set, and it seemed like it was getting close to the end of actual filming, or pretty close. It just seemed that way from what I understood. Uh, like I said, it, we'd been there all night into the early afternoon and uh, I, we were inside this big building and most of the background people were asleep, which I don't blame them. But I was sitting there and I remember you walked in. Of course, I was very familiar with you as an actor. And uh, I was just so honored to be, uh, you know, in your presence even. And when you walked by, you were talking to, I believe, just some associates or, or a, a film crew assistant. And you stopped and looked at me and you said, you're the only one still smiling in this place. <laughs> And I and I've always I've always loved to tell people that story that Mr. Duke told me I was the only one still smiling around here. <laughs> hey, everybody else was out, man. They were gone. <laughs> well, it was it was a thrilling experience for me, and and uh, Mr. Duke, I want to say thank you for sharing all of your filming memories, and uh, it was such a pleasure to be speaking with you again after so many years. Well, thank you for your great questions and congratulations on your show, and uh, I wish you the, the largest success. Well, that means so much to me. Thank you. Good luck, brother. You're going to need it. I love you. God bless you. God bless you, Goldie. Go ahead. Go ahead. Call me Goldie. Look at him. Look at him run. You know, in all the years I know that chump, I've never seen him run so fast. If I had somebody like her, I'd run fast, too. Yeah, he'll be back. Jackson in Mississippi, it's like getting changed from a penny. You're getting sentimental on me, Goldie? Yeah, a little bit. But I'm recovering. I'm recovering rapidly. Money! There's a lot of money here, ladies. I'm a very rich man. Look at those ladies. Look at them! Yes! Money! Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.
You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Gone to New York City Where them Broadway lights so bright Well, I'm going to New York City Where them Broadway lights so bright you wish for and don't be blinded by delight cause you won't get love for nothing even though you think you might just let that uptime woman love you she'll make Created, produced, and hosted by actor and writer Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening.